Please listen carefully. Peg, I'm sorry, the pegging was on track. The pegging was 100% related to the fan service I believe that they brought to season two. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everybody and Their Sister. My name is Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. Today we are talking all about books that are not released yet that we either have or perhaps have not read for whatever reason. Um, we wanted to look at books that just aren't out yet that we're super excited for that we really, really can't wait to read or have read already and we really loved um, to give you something to look forward to in in this moment in time where it feels like there's literally nothing worth looking forward to anymore because the Umbrella Academy season two came out uh, and there's no date on Society season two. So in the midst of all Shout of that- Shout out to you, Shanice. We're thinking of you. You're in our thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Shanice is in my secular prayers at all times. When will season two happen? Just for Shanice, but also for me. Never satisfied. Uh, yeah, so let's, we're going to do all about books because we did realize it's kind of been a while since we've talked about books. I don't know what it was about a global pandemic that made us all decide to only watch TV or to read a lot of books and then just never fucking talk about them. Uh, but today's today's episode is all about books. So Steph, what is your coming soon? What is your arc? What is your galley that you want to talk about? For some reason I feel pressure to, to talk about it, but uh, it's my own internal problems. I picked Shock to Nobody, a historical romance. <laughs> <laughs> I was picking between two and I already talked about this author like in 2018. So I'm picking someone else. My Kind of Girl by Vivian Lauret. I acquired the arc through mysterious means but basically it's the second book in a series but if you're gonna read it I don't think you need to have read the first one book but it is about a blue stocking whose search for information on the mating habits of scoundrels has her stumbling upon the missing heir to an earldom in the London underworld basically it has everything I love mistaken identity trying to find your identity uh found family she Jane the main character has a huge family and apparently if I had money, I would have popped out eight kids by now. And I love a big family story. That's basically all I really need to say. Raven is the main character. What's his name? Raven. <laughs> like the main boy? The or main, main boy man, is, I guess? The main, the hero is called, is named Raven. And he Like that's his first name? Not, he is an orphan. He was on the streets of hard London working in workhouses. Romance rules. He was in a previous series and now she's bringing him back for her new one. He used to work in a gaming house, of course. Of course. Uh, and he's, of course, very smart. But he has a scar on his shoulder of a raven. And that's where he got his nickname. Ooh, what a thought. And so Jane sees this scar on his shoulder. And that is how she slowly tries to figure out who he is. And just so happens he's a, a, an aristocrat who's could have lots of money. So win-win for everyone. It's, this is like nothing mind-blowing, but it's a great, lovely. I was in a reading slump and I read this and I felt lifted. My skin was almost clear in my head because it made me that happy, but not in real life because life is cruel. When does it come out? It comes out September 29, 2020. Did you say found family? Like, mm -hmm. okay. Because then you said that they she pops out kids. Um, Her family, she has eight kids. Oh, okay. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. She doesn't have kids. Hold on. I was like, oh, is she like a divorcee, a widower? Did she no, just no. like 
choose to have eight kids on her own. <laughs> so, like, this, the interesting dynamic of her is that she is, like, the oldest child of, like, a family of eight. Her parents just pop them out, but her, her parents only love each other, and they neglect the rest of the kids, and it was up to Jane to raise them. And then when she's talking to Raven, trying to figure out his uh, life story, he she brings, she brings him into his house, and obviously it's chaos. My favorite, favorite trope of children being chaotic, and he can't help but be wrapped up into it. And it was very, very sweet. I truly, like, I'm, I'm talking about this. I'm like, I'm going to go read it again, even though I have other things I need to be reading, as we all know here. But the idea was that, so Jane's trying to write a book on how to catch a rake, basically, like how to marry a guy, uh, mating habits of scoundrels. So her, so, so like, this is her job? Like, she has a job that's writing? I mean, what job did a woman in the 18th century truly have? But she's trying to write a book to help other wallflowers like herself catch guys oh or learn more about what like what a man wants i'm putting in quotes but the first book is that they're i wish this was called like 10 10 days to lose a rake or something that that book exists. How, to, how to lose a rake in 10 days and that is one so in the so the first book is about their friend uh eris winifred humphreys sounds like it's from gossip girl so they basically okay so the main man in the first book he needs a fortune because obviously his aristocratic family home is bankrupt and he needs the money to bring in basically to diversify his assets lord holt takes a bride three of them kidnap this man and that's the first book and then the second book is they they find raven she she meets him somewhere i can't remember it was a while since i read this and it goes down basically if you love a mystery because it's a mystery if you love big families if you love reunions because you know i'm a sucker for a reunion situation so like obviously he's gonna reunite with his family in some way also because there's no like dna testing you have portraits to to prove that you're part of a family because that's clearly how it's done back in the day and it's a good time so i loved it you're gonna love it also, Vivian Lord, I feel like not enough people talk about. She has a lot of books. They're all pretty good. Her other series is uh, Misadventures in Matchmaking. So it's like, basically. <laughs> I'm laughing because I want to ask you, is it just another three-star read, though? My, my kind of role is going to be a four. Okay, okay. But her other- A whole four? <laughs> Threes are not bad, okay? I don't know where people get that idea. If I could put a 3.5, I would. But let me talk about the other series. So the other series, most recent series, is Misadventures in Matchmaking. And three sisters uh, make them born matrimonial agency to try to help other people find love. And obviously, they fall in love with their clients, one after the other. And then they become a great success. So, and that's where Raven shows up. So if you want a little back details, go to those series. But the main, my main jam right now. My Kind of Earl. Can you read My Kind of Earl without reading the previous ones? Mm-hmm. Good. I find that like, with most historical romance, you can probably, like, I never, this is terrible, I never read them in order, because I just, I read them in the order I get them from the library, but, like, they'll mention characters that are, like, main characters from before, and then I'll read that one after. I'm like, oh, that makes more sense now. A lot of the times, like, old ro- historical romance, people will recommend the one book, and I'll just go and read that one. And you'll get, and you can see when you go on Goodreads, you'll see the ratings of one book is like ten thousand ratings, and then the other one is like five. Mm-hmm. So you know which one is the most popular that people go and pick out of all the other ones. For example, my crazy book that involves a man telling his best friend to go impregnate his wife. I think I've talked about this book before. That one's the most popular one out of one series. <laughs> so historical romance. If you're sleeping on that, hop to it, Christina. I will get to it when I get to it. <laughs> 
I mean, like, I, if you think about what, like, two years ago, I didn't read any historical romance at all until, what, Steph, you made me read the, what was that, the Maiden Our Lane Mary. series? Fucking oh, right. So many books in that series. There's, I read everything. So did I. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna, like, I was like, and remember, I was like, I need to compare this to Batman for some reason. Like, oh, I was yeah. Like, I gotta compare but you were right. Me. But I have to compare it to the Batman universe. And then I was just like, I'm too lazy to do this. But I know it exists. I know there's that parallel. That book, that series probably has over 10 books. And I read all of them in one go, like consistently, one after the other, after the other. What a mess I was. Holy shit. <laughs> but like, also after reading them, I was like, I guess I'm kind of into these. And I was just like, I'll just keep reading them. And then I found that like, you know, when you find your writer, like you clearly really love Sherry Thomas. You love Sherry Thomas. I, I like her so far. I don't think I found the right book from her that I like love yet. Um, but I think my you need favorite... to you need to read the one where the guy keeps a mouse in his pocket all the time as oh, his pet. That sounds exactly my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like you know the one I like. I love Tessa Dare because she weaves in like nerdy stuff in. Like she weaved in like a Star Wars reference into her first book, and I was like, uh, hello, <laughs> into this. I don't know why I love historical romance so much. It's like a mystery to me. Is it because it's simple? Like, there's no technology to fuck shit up. Anything, literally anything could happen. I don't know. I think that Pride and Prejudice just did this to you. I did only read Pride and Prejudice after the fact for starting. Really? And also, like, this is so much more ramped up in terms of, like, romance. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's probably why it's, like, do you find, like, when I compare this to, like, contemporary romance, I find that they, like, get into it a lot sooner. (laughs) surprisingly i mean i guess the barrier is that a woman should be a a virgin until she's married so like that passing that barrier has to happen either marriage is gonna happen soon or it's gonna happen like it can't like it can't end on the marriage because they still have to bone they they usually bone before though they they usually bone before but the the assumption is that they're gonna get married so how do you subvert the fact that they're gonna get married like trying to stop trying to make the reader think that they're not gonna get married is very hard yeah but you know that's gonna happen like the thing is in the back of your mind you know it's gonna happen eventually even if it doesn't happen it usually happens by the end of the book because they usually talk about kids after but whatever (laughs) you know it's gonna only some only some only some yeah that's true but like i even find that they find a way to talk about topics that in historical like actual historical times probably would be super taboo like they talk about like divorcees they talk about remarriage they talk about like feminism getting the vote and the way they talk about it even though like back then back then things i'm doing quotation marks would have been worse it almost feels the same as now in a lot of ways where like you're just like oh like the way um one of my other favorites she talked I think it's Kelly Bowen it's like Mm -hmm. mystery mixed in with historical romance but she like this woman owns her own company and like that's not even allowed so she has to do it under a fake name as a man and like the way she talks about it I really enjoy it but it's also like the way she talks about how she interacts with men and like what's allowed and what's not allowed and she's like a widower and like is she allowed to remarry and like her new relationship is like really untraditional but in the same sense where like even though it wouldn't be like taboo now people would still talk about like society when I say like who would talk about it would be like society talks about it but like that's I think that's what I enjoy about it and then also like they ramp up sex a lot like even in the last five years historical romance has become more relevant to us now than ever and not even like the fact that the idea of marriage but it's like the things they're including and talking about is like yeah 
my rights to like have like birth control reproductive rights like i can choose when to have that or like they're including lesbians and like gay couples in their historical romance they're having people of color show up is like a huge thing and i love that and i'm like why don't they talk about this more in regular like contemporary romances and like i would say they're more progressive in these like two people i'm thinking of is sarah mclean and joanna shoop and like Mm -hmm. one book from joanna shoop the the heroine says she doesn't want kids and at the end of the epilogue she still doesn't want kids which never happens off that point just like a short thing like i do find that like the problem with historical romance is it's mostly white writers but like sherry thomas is asian and i do find them finding more like black authors now writing historical romance Vanessa and Riley. yeah and it's really good like i'm just like i want more of this for sure read a historical do me a big favor so what was the book again my kind of earl by vivian lorette Right, Nat. I've talked too much. My anticipated read that hasn't come out yet is um, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. By oh, you H. read that? I did read it. I read it in possibly two sittings. It's quite long. I didn't um, know you finished. Oh, I finished. It's, uh, well, I guess it's not that long. It says here it's only 448 pages, which isn't that bad, but it's, um, it feels long <laughs> and not, not in like a bad way. Let's be honest. It's just, um, well, I'll talk about it. Okay. So, <laughs> so it, if you don't already know, this book is a little bit different for V. Schwab. It isn't like it's fantasy, but it isn't quite her traditional fantasy that she goes for or that she writes. Um, but the story is around this main character, Addie LaRue, who is a French woman. I believe she's like in the beginning of the book, she's a, either a teenager or she's like in her early 20s or so. No, she's in her early 20s, yes, because she's a little bit too old to be married off at that point. So, so um, at the beginning of the book, her parents are like, You're like in your early 20s, you're too old to be married, so we're gonna marry you to a widower. That literally is their only option. They're like, We gotta get rid of you. And so she panics and decides to pray to the god of the dark i believe or like the dark god or whatever um they don't really have a name for this god or this thing or whatever or this entity um and she accidentally curses herself by praying to this god so what happens is she is given immortality but the condition is no one will ever remember her so when it's saying the invisible life of Addie they literally mean she cannot make a mark on the world so no matter what she does whoever she gets involved with every day she wakes up or every day they wake up they'll forget about her so her parents forget about her her like like people in town forget about her she ends up homeless and stuff like that so it's a lot of it is like her struggles in the beginning and her historical journey through time, but it takes uh, place over 300 years. So you see her, there's like flashbacks here and there where like you see her back and forth um, in like the 1700s and the 1800s, whatever, all the way till the present. But it's really hinging, the story is really hinging on the present where I guess it's not the present, I guess it's like 2000 five maybe instead so it's like a little bit removed from the present but the story hinges on her meeting a man that works at a bookstore and he remembers her (laughs) the next day so So, yeah this is why it's a little bit like she does write like romances into her fantasy books but Mm -hmm. this is like I would argue this book focuses solely on the romance. So it does talk about Interesting. Like, yeah, like it does talk about her like her curse and stuff like that. And there's that fantasy element, but it is heavily romance focused, I think. And that it is, I mean, I guess I would technically call it like it is like the main character is part of the LGBT 
community but she is seeing a man instead so like it's the boy it's a slower read so when i said it was a slower read i mean like um like there is conflict but it isn't that big and it's okay that way like it's more like the whole story is building on her and her life um and her relationships with different people and how that's affected her and how really this curse is about her trying to fight her own curse and like make a mark on the world even if it's impossible and how she find tries to find a way around that but it is so well written like it's just like it's such a deep dive into like I think like character development over time and like just think of like writing 300 years of a character to watch them change and like a little bit disturbing <laughs> but like it's uh it's yeah it's really well written and you definitely see like how her writing has changed over time the shrub specifically like and how polished it's become but yeah it's it's really good i gave it i believe four out of five stars on goodreads as well um i heard v v e schwab talking about uh this right this book and the way that she writes is she'll write sentences and then she'll mush them together to make a chapter so like she's not writing in order she'll like write sentences out of order and then put them together which i thought was so <laughs> i'm gonna say weird but no it's not weird it's like cool to see it's, like it, it feels like it too because like it not in like a bad way like it flows well it's just like the way this book was written you could tell that she spent years on it i believe like i like mm-hmm. i 100 percent believe that she could have spent at least a decade on this book i think she says that she did yeah like and I, I totally I totally believe it because like the way it's written is so like clever and like even though there isn't like um really like plot driving it's more like it almost feels like she's experimenting with her writing in this book and I feel like so I I'm not sure if you guys know this but she does like these like um these writing talks with other authors like she as you guys know I watched the Pierce Brown <laughs> of course <laughs> she did judgment <laughs> she talks I, I watched the Sarah McLean one yeah and they're good which they're is- fascinating and yeah. she'll like talk about like their writing styles and how they write or like what what they do to write a certain way and some of it's like questions you expect and some is it like unexpected stuff i i fully believe that that thing that came out I'll probably also pr- because of quarantine and stuff like that but also because she has the time now um but I also think like this is literally this book was her experimenting with her own writing and it's really really well done. it's almost like I mean writing is always art but like this feels like art when you're reading it and you're like whoa talked about how she would read a lot of romance books so it's interesting to see you say that this romance is heavy it's, it's a heavy part romance. of this book <laughs> But I don't, like, I don't think it'll be, like, a traditional romance. That's, that, to me, says they don't end up together or someone dies. Or maybe she ends up with the dark god. That's what my, that's what I would hope for. That's, I'm here for that. I really need to get into the Schwab way more because every time you I hear a plot line. You would love Vicious. I know, and I'm, I'm really struggling to read Vicious, but I'm not, I didn't get super far in it before, like, books for book clubs got in. And it's killing me because I know I like the plot. Like, I know I'm going to like this. And I don't know why I'm having such a hard time getting past that first, like, 100 pages to when I know I'll be invested. You like parallel worlds, right? I do. There's no, like, there's then you no should read. Then you should read, maybe try her other series. You should have started with Darker Shade of Magic, for sure. That's, that's wish, That was my entry into her, was a Darker Shade of Magic. Yeah, that's I went with y'all's like, recommendation. Yeah, the duet. Um, I think they're really good, but I think you have to be used to her writing by then because in the first one you see how 
how like she was like very like it was like early on in her writing like that was years mm-hmm. ago versus like vengeful is newer and you see how much better she's got like i literally when i say like you see her evolution of writing over time it is so apparent in her writing i read the what, what the was ya the? stuff the near witch no i didn't read the near witch i haven't read that one yet but there was another one that she did it was just it was just too elementary for me and it didn't feel like her and i think it's because her writing started she started writing you know like those books that you write where like you're hired to write like under a ghost like as a ghost writer basically for another author essentially that's where she started her writing and those books kind of felt like it like they felt very middle grade instead of ya they didn't even feel like quite fantasy enough and they just didn't make sense to me Versus like Darker Shade of Magic, it was really her own story, her own voice and all of that. And it felt right. And it also hit everything I love, which is Yeah, and like same with Vengeful, it was so good. And then like Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, you see that she's like, she's really coming into her own writing. And I love that about it. Like I love to see, I love to see an author grow. (laughs) And like she's, she, so the, when she was um, talking to Sarah McLean, the thing she said to her was that romance is important even when you're writing let's say a villain and a hero story because the the conflict between the two of them is also a romance because they're kind of in love with each other or want what the other person has which you kind of see when you go later on and i can't wait to see what else she comes out with because these are the stuff i like to hear about she's humanizing characters you didn't think she would humanize that's for sure like it's like when you think that she's only going to focus on one like she's really good at building and like we see this even in a darker shade of magic she builds those side characters so well and the whole time you're just like oh my i I need to know more like the what was the prince's name yeah reese like the whole time i'm just like holy shit what's going on with this dude because like in like the first while you don't really see much of him and then later when you get but you also pick up cues because she lays the breadcrumbs and like exactly you pick up something in book one and it's later revealed in book two and three but i do really like that um villain and hero story idea of Mm -hmm. like considering them both to be in love because i i love a hero and a villain dynamic so much and i think of it very much in that way to the point where i love the idea of a hero villain story where they are in love like literally mm-hmm. um, i mean enemies but they are actively the best role. I almost the opposite i love the idea of like a lovers to enemies as well oh, oh like, like uh, they... friend they were friends mm. yeah well, I, that's like what happens in vicious is that where it goes they're, so, they're, they're friends first and then they end up enemies. they're roommates should i know the that no, no. yeah 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 i mean know. okay there's okay. no love between them but there's this no, is yes. us proje- we're projecting onto them he yeah. they're in love with each other's like intelligence and they're like a billet like they're they have a hard on for each other's intelligence basically and i will say like i love that even in a non-romance sense but i would 100 percent also watch or read something where it was like there's a main hero and it's a villain and like in a very superhero-esque way they're like battling for a city but they also used to date so they also know these tiny annoying things about each other so like during their big battles they're also bringing up things like you never put the cat back on the toothpaste and like dumb shit like that because that is my wheelhouse if she wrote this now they for sure would have been dating Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think she's definitely gone gotten braver in her writing for sure like she's more open about doing exactly what she wants you know, like even like yeah like if you think she's about proven herself yeah like even like if you think about vengeful like I know you haven't read it but like everything she does in that book I was like like 10 years ago she or not even not not even 10 years like five years ago she wouldn't have done that and she was, was very open about the fact that she had to rewrite this book multiple times and like trying to figure i follow her on twitter and instagram and like storyboarding 
with post-its the plot of this book because mm-hmm. it's not I mean it is linear but there's a lot of backstory that goes into it but yeah that's it that that's all I have to say about that one but I do highly recommend it it comes out October 6th by the way I do kind of want to read that I'm not gonna lie they're good you'll like them but I have to start with a darker shade of magic now because I tried to start with vicious and it just didn't quite work for me I feel like I'll get there eventually uh all these right. were all, either these are going to be a movie or a tv show one or the other so I get feel like I heard that ready. right is it Netflix yeah no, that's, I think you're thinking Lee Bardugo Oh, I mean, oh, that's already that happening, Raven but these have been <laughs> Six of Crows. So, thank you, Six of Crows. Nikki Stiefvater, by the way. Who we don't thank like. Thank you, I knew there was a Raven We do not one. like her. We don't like her. Um, <laughs> I believe it. Even though I like her horse book, but like, let's never mention it again. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Christina, what's your pick? Yes, so I was initially going to pick um, Harrow the Ninth, which is a sequel to Gideon the Ninth. Uh, but I realized that that I read that one a, a little while ago. It comes out today. So it's actually not an anticipated release because it's already out at the time of the recording and by the time this comes out. So I had to pick something else. Um, and I haven't read a ton this year. So I'm picking a book that I could not get an arc for. It's called Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. The description for this book is... When his traditional Latinx family has problems accepting his true gender, Yedriel becomes determined to prove himself a real brujo. With the help of his cousin and best friends Maritzia, he performs the ritual himself and then sets out to find the ghost of his murdered cousin and set it free. However, the ghost he summons is actually Julian Diaz, the school's resident bad boy, and Julian is not about to go quietly into death. He's yeah, determined yeah, yeah. to find out. <laughs> yep, exactly. He's determined to find out what happened and tie off some loose ends before he leaves. Left with no choice, Yadriel agrees to help Julian so they can both get what they want. But the longer Yadriel spends with Julian, the less he wants him to leave. I'm so happy you picked this. I had this on my good reads too. I have to say, I love that we picked variations of, we all just picked variations of romance. (laughs) Um, And I had this one on my list because this is an own voices. So the author, Aiden Thomas, is also a um trans queer latinx person um and goes by they and i really wanted like i love queer romance it's my preference if i can get it but there is definitely a lack of it that is written by actual queer people um unless you're looking for like very specific kinds of books it is a lot of dude romance written by women um so i do love an own voices when i can get it for a queer romance and this one has so much that i love the like if i'm gonna pick up a romance it's got to be for a reason and the fact that uh he's the main character is a witch bless we love it 100 here for it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the fact mm-hmm. that it is not a like white story as well means i'm gonna love it even more because the magic you can kind of already tell from the description the magic is going to be really good, specifically making sure that it's like a brujo and like the whole way they're going to do that. I'm very excited for it. And the whole concept of like the main character is trying to like bring back the cousin to be like, see, I I can do this. Like I, I am this, I can do this. And then he ends up bringing back a love interest and the love interest is like, mm, I could leave, but I won't. I just already I'm here for it. And then also like it's gonna be good. Like you can just kind of tell by looking at it, I'm gonna enjoy everything about this. It's got mad, just like witchy romance vibes. And it seems so simple, but so like this is gonna be a very quick read. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna be so happy and I'm gonna be thinking about it for a long after I read it. Sign me up. I'm ready. Did you ever read um Nocturna? Maybe. I believe it's well, 
I believe I have read it. <laughs> it's um, it's also a Latinx um, like witchy, I guess like a magic-y story as well, but it's like in another world and it's really, really, I think it's really well done as well. But I was just like, I didn't know I needed more of this and now I do. I love it so much. I love any kind of magical story that is not from the perspective of a very like westernized white thing Agreed. because like, I don't get me wrong, I love a magic school like I, I do I love the craft I love all of that stuff but at a certain point there's magic as it exists is so interesting mm-hmm. and there's so much kind of, like I really enjoy Son of a Trickster for that reason too like the kind of magical element that you get from Eden Robinson's book is like really good and I'm reading Mexican Gothic right now which I also really love because I love that it's this like Victorian style gothic mansion but told through the lens of this like Mexican city and this house being in Mexico. And like, it just adds an extra layer of like, this is different than what you normally read. And it adds new elements to magic. Because of that, I feel like I don't always know where things are going because I feel like the magic works differently. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to see this one. Like your boyfriend, like I assume the way this is going to end, if this is your boyfriend and now he's dead. So what can you do? How does your magic work? Can you bring him back? Or do you have a ghost (laughs) boyfriend forever? I'm happy with both options but I just want to know. Yeah, it's just, like, really refreshing, and, like, even, like, you know when, like, Western, like, magic slash fantasy, they always have the same terms for everything, and it's not, like, Mm -hmm. I need, I don't need another language, but I'd rather, you know, lean into it. (laughs) What do you mean, like, lean into the better, like, it's usually better, it sounds better, it, like, it usually, like, like, the way the magic works is better, and we even see this in, like, N.K. Jemisin, like, the way she talks about gods, I was just, like, I never thought never thought I would be seeing this ever in a book and you know I love me some NK yeah uh yeah it it is there's something where it's like every spell you know what it does immediately because it's all based off of it's all derived from Latin and English and never anything else and like the rules of magic are always very similar but there's so much interesting magic to talk about if you're talking about something like voodoo or if you're talking about something like this where it's it's a bruja versus maybe like the traditional americanized version of like a witch so like all of that stuff is just it's just better it's just better because one it doesn't get told as often so it's definitely harder to find but also i just genuinely believe that you got your book published because it was better than the alternatives (laughs) so i cannot wait for cemetery boys it also has this art cover that is just like that other uh, queer romance I read a little while ago, Tur- Tournament of Losers. And that mm-hmm. was just like such a simple book that I really enjoyed that this also drew me to Cemetery Boys as well, where I was like, oh, I feel like based on this cover, I'm just going to have a really great time in, in a very short amount of time. I'm just going to have a great moment. And so that's Cemetery Boys from Aiden Thomas. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited because it's his debut. I feel like I've been reading a lot of just like authors I know lately. Um, so I'm excited to finish up Mexican Gothic, and if I can get my hands on a galley, maybe try this before it comes September out. September 1st. Yeah, not that long, so September 1st. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these books are coming out soon, and also I just want to shout out, not that they listen to this, but I'm going to shout them out. I think when we were first discussing this, we were talking about, like, Arc August, um, and I just want to shout out, that's an idea from Read, Sleep, Repeat, which is a logging site for book reviews and stuff like that, and they came up with Arc August a couple years ago, I believe, um, and they run it every year, and you can do, like, different, like, challenges and stuff and read advanced reader copies or catch up on your advanced reader copies 
um but yeah you should check out their blog it's really cool yeah i didn't know about them until you brought this up when we were talking about what to record yeah, they're um, based so in I toronto up, yeah i ended up going to their website and i was like oh this is really cool i really like these guys so that's it for me so the books again were cemetery boys by aiden thomas my book is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V. Schwab. <laughs> I for once knew my book more. Your name, the book was my name. No, I almost said my name is Earl. My, my, <laughs> my kind of Earl. My kind of Earl. Vivian Lorette. Vivian Lorette. That's it for us this week. We are back to talking about books. We might not be back to talking about books next week. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. Please let us know what books you are looking forward to for the rest of the year or even stuff that's coming out next year. We Don't get me wrong. The Project by Courtney Summers is one we are literally all looking forward to. I have uh, a copy. I fucking I should try so to request. Try to request. <laughs> I'm still trying to sneak in to try to get an arc from the publisher somehow because I want a print version of this so badly. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited that I have a copy, but I realized I have all these other arcs I have to read in the next 14 days, I believe. So I'm trying to get those done first, and then the project is going to happen for me. So, and we'll probably do a whole episode on that, because you know we love our Courtney Summers. Like, oof, the we writing, do. excellent. True. The personality. The, yes, yeah, the, the whole vibe. The, the Twitter bitch. feed. <laughs> the Twitter feed alone, y'all. The Twitter I aspire feed to be just... as confident as her in all my activities <laughs> so let us know on our instagram or on our twitter we have posts for every single episode what books are you looking forward to you can message us that's at eatscast again on instagram on twitter probably on like other fucking social media who cares those are the only two that matter is there a historical um, romance you think i haven't read and that i would enjoy let me know <laughs> you would you would be wrong <laughs> you never know uh yeah but keep an ear out we are working on something exciting that we're hoping to have out in october um, which is vaguely related to stuff that we were talking about today. So hopefully that all works out and it comes out. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and we'll check back with you next week because now we're at weekly uploads every Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. Somehow, I don't know how we're doing it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, we're doing it because one day we recorded four episodes and then we haven't sat down to record since then. And so we got lucky that we had those four episodes plus some in the backlog. I don't know how we're going to do it in the future. We recorded two tonight and I never want to talk to you two again. You had your VE Schwab ready to go. Yeah. yeah, because she's gonna end up marrying her, and I can't wait to be in their wedding. We know that we're putting that we're putting this in the podcast. <laughs> no, you can't putting, put that in there. I can't wait to be in their the gothic podcast. wedding together. And then I'm gonna visit them in their Scottish cottage, and I'm gonna have a great time. <laughs>